Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. So when you look outside, is it partly cloudy or partly sunny? That has a lot to do with your confidence and positivity, to be sure. Our special guest, Paul McKenna, Ph.D., has helped millions of people successfully eliminate stress, lose weight, overcome insomnia, increase self-confidence through his books, discussions, and appearances on media. He has worked with Hollywood movie stars, rock stars, Olympic gold medalists, top business achievers, and royalty. His national television appearances include Good Morning America, The Dr. Oz Show, Rachel Ray, The Ellen DeGeneres Show, and Anderson Live. Here he is, Paul McKenna, his latest book, Positivity, Confidence, Resilience, Motivation. Paul, welcome to the program. Hello, very nice to be with you. I'm looking forward to this. And uh, by the way, your appearances on these television shows has been spectacular. How did you get involved in this? Um, well, thank you. Um, I was a radio broadcaster like yourself. Aha. Uh-huh. And I was very stressed one day. So I went to interview the local hypnotist. And he said, you look kind of stressed to me. So let me hypnotize you and make you feel relaxed. And I did. I felt great. So I borrowed some books from him, and I began reading them and practicing on my friends. And most times it worked to help them lose weight or quit smoking, etc. So it kind of took off from there. We've got a friend out there in the United Kingdom who's uh, in the media. I don't know if you know him or not. Lionel Fanthorpe. Did you ever hear him out there? I don't know him. Okay, he's uh, he does some great uh, things. He's got uh, he's got a voice from God, Paul. Ah, uh-huh. and one of those, but. Uh, you know, people really are having a tough time with COVID these days. How do, you, how do you stay positive when you're faced with all these things? Well, it's a good question because it's easier to stay negative than positive. Uh, people have gone into sort of two categories. They've either begun to catastrophize about, you know, the virus. Am I going to get sick? Am my family going to get sick? Is the economy going to crash? Or they've lost their direction because there isn't really an end point at the moment. So uh, people can't make plans, you know, or if they do, they have to change them. So it's very hard for people who are very organized and goal setters to have a direction in life. So that's what I've been working on for the last couple of years, is helping people reduce the stress, get confident, get resilient, and get motivated about their future. And is it difficult to get them into this positive mode, or is it pretty easy? It's pretty easy, Um, like anything, you know. uh, It it doesn't always work for everyone every single time. But from the studies we've done, it works for most people most of the time. So um, it takes about two hours to read this book. It comes with audio downloads. And once you begin to use it, your mindset changes. Because, you know, you can't change necessarily the, the physical things in your life, but you can change the way you think about it, the way you feel about things. So my objective with this book is to get people less stressed, more motivated, more confident. There seems to be an ongoing situation called heart math all over the world these days that is yeah. basically measuring the rhythm of the heart, which they're determining what's going on on your inner state. Tell me about this. Well, all four divisions of the American military use heart math, and it's brilliant. If you're feeling emotional overwhelm, you simply do this, because the, 
the heart has the same number of connections as the brain. So it's kind of the second brain. So if you put your hand on your heart and you take three slow, deep breaths, because when people are uptight, they don't breathe properly, what happens is you reduce cortisol and you begin to feel different. So if you breathe in slowly and out slowly, in what? slowly and out slowly, and on the final breath, you remember a time you felt good and you uh -huh. return to it like you're back there again now. See what you saw, hear what you heard, and feel how you felt. And just by doing that, in less than a minute, you interrupt the state of overwhelm and put yourself in a more resourceful place. Is touching the heart important in that uh, scenario? Yes because you're pulling your attention to your heart. Okay. Because the heart is, as I said, the second brain. And what we want to do is concentrate on the center of our being and interrupt the overwhelm. Because when people are overwhelmed, often they're in their heads. They're thinking about lots of different things. Their body's in a fight or flight uh, scenario. So there's lots of adrenaline and lactic acid. And by placing your hand on your heart, you pull your attention there. By taking three slow, deep breaths, you alter your state. And then to add to that, you remember a time you feel good. Because the human nervous system doesn't know the difference between a real and a vividly imagined experience. That's a good point. And I've always believed that being positive helps you get things done in a much more successful way. Am I right? Yes. The, the overwhelming research shows that people that, um, I suppose, to be very simplistic come from a positive mindset, look for opportunity rather than continually survive, tend to do better. Now, that doesn't mean that uh, you look at the world through rose-tinted spectacles. You know, you have to see danger when it appears. Right. But if you're searching constantly for opportunity, you're more likely to find it. We have a, a guest who comes on every once in a while. I've mentioned this before, Paul. His name is Dr. Joseph Gallenberger, and he has written a book called Liquid Luck. And uh, he agrees with you because he will do experiments. Uh, he will take um, groups of people that are happy and people who are upset, and he'll take them to Las Vegas, and uh, he will st study them. And he said almost all the time, the upbeat, positive people come back successful, and the people who are melancholy and depressed, they, en they end up being losers. It's amazing. Yes. But there's quite a bit of research now in this area. There's a fascinating study by a British scientist called Richard Wiseman. And what he does is asks people whether they think they're lucky or unlucky. He puts them in two different groups, gives them a newspaper, and asks them how many pictures are in the paper. Now, on page three, it says there are 42 pictures in this paper. Claim your 100 bucks from the adjudicator. All the people who are lucky see that. The people who believe they're unlucky fail to. So, in a sense, luck is partly a mindset. What are we tapping into there? Are we tapping into something physical within our body, our brain, when we do that? Or is there something out there in the ether that we're connecting to? So, um, a friend of mine, he's a medical doctor, but he's gone into another area of research and he works with the, the top online poker players and increases their winnings often tenfold. 
And what he gets them to do is to stay in a state where they're not chasing losses and they're making good decisions. So part of the problem is, in the way he sees it, is that our mind gets in the way. You know, we overthink things. And when we get quiet and trust our intuition, we're likely to make better decisions. And it seems to work for people who do that. Well, yes. I mean, you know, the, um, the numbers uh, speak for themselves with regard to him. I mean, you know, the people he's working with are making significantly more money. Outside of the heart math technique, what can we do to get people who are negative most of the time? How do you change that kind of a person? Well, people who are properly clinically depressed need a different kind of help. Uh-huh. Everybody okay. over the last couple of years has been feeling a bit down or a bit anxious. And in fact, if you haven't, there's something wrong because the world's upside down. So the first thing to do is think about the big things in life. Do you have your health, physical, mental? Do you have friends? Do you have a roof over your head? Do you have um, food and a warm bed? Do you have a purpose, not even a job, a purpose? If you can tick those boxes, you're in pretty good shape. So if you can't, then you might want to address that. But most people can tick those boxes. Part of the problem with the pandemic is we're continually looking at what we don't have and can't do, so it makes us feel like, you know, it's unfair or we're missing out. But if you step back and think, what is it I have that's of value, friends, health, um, opportunity, etc., then you automatically begin to feel good. Well, with Paul McKenna, his book is called Positivity, which you can get uh, at the most bookstores and Amazon.com. Any other places to get the book, Paul? Um, I suppose online. I mean, the book comes with um, free audio downloads. Oh, great. It's not just a book. Uh, you get a bunch of uh, techniques that I walk you through. And given that I'm a hypnotist, uh, a hypnotic trance as well. Uh, let me ask you something about hypnosis. Uh, have you ever had a situation where you had a, a patient and they really needed hypnotism to change some of their habits? Yes. Uh, in fact, most of the people I work with, you know, these days, um, everyone else has given up on. So they've either got an unusual problem or they come from a sort of an extreme category like PTSD, depression, trauma, etc. But, you know, most hypnotists work with people to help them lose weight, quit smoking, become confident. And the research shows it works very well for that. How long does it take to make a negative person positive? Depends on the person and depends on the skill of the hypnotist. But I would say that you could read this book in two hours and I would be amazed if you don't feel better, are thinking more optimistically and have solved a few problems by the end of it. That's fantastic. Now, confidence is an important role too here, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, a lot of people, because they haven't been able to make plans and, you know, people like certainty. Whenever there's a study done into what people most fear, the unknown is always in the top 10, even higher than death sometimes. So that's led to people feeling unconfident, doubting themselves, worrying about the world. And I like to help people to feel good, feel confident. But it's, it's not enough to just feel confident. You have to point it at something. You have to have some goals and a direction in life. 
And don't you have to be ready? I mean, I always, when I was much younger, much younger, I was pretty confident, uh, very positive. But I felt that that alone would not get things done for me. Uh, you had to be ready for whatever was going to happen that you were going to face, whether it was a job interview or a relationship or anything. You could be confident about it. You could be positive about it. But you also had to be ready for it in case that door knocked and somebody came and opened it. Yes, you do have to be ready. But uh, I would also say that you've got to be prepared to step outside your comfort zone. Risk is the currency of the gods. So um, in the book, I have a technique for doing educated, calculated risks, not um, uh, risks that are likely to put you in any danger. That's an interesting uh, thought, that you have to be ready for the risks as well. Can you be prepared for risk? You can be prepared um, in as much as you accept that life has risk. And also, you can be prepared to evaluate a risk. So you don't uh, take a, uh, a, a risk that's likely to have bad consequences. Um, one of the things I do is help people train themselves to evaluate risk very quickly. In fact, it's a technique I learned from Richard Branson. He's a professional risk taker. Oh, yeah, and, he sure uh, is. And yeah. Roddick, the founder of The Body Shop, said to me, I've never met a super successful person who takes a risk. They take educated, calculated risks. So that's one of the things this book trains you to do as well. Interesting take on all of it. It's it's incredible. Is there is there a science behind this, Paul? Oh yes, um, pretty much everything that um, is in the book is backed up by science, and um, there are degrees of science. You know, uh, lots of scientists agree on some things, and uh, a few scientists agree on others. And really, science is only good if it's got a date on it. You know, light is either particle or wave, depending upon the century you're born in. In fact, it's both. So much as I love science, I also keep an open mind because it's always changing. How important is what you call the power of posture? Well, because the mind and body are linked, um, when we're slouching, we're sending a message to our brain that, you know, we're not alert, we're not, we're not feeling up. And in the same way, if you're uptight and you have a massage, not only does it relax your body, but your mind as well. So the mind and body are in a loop. So when you're having positive thoughts in your head, it affects your body. When you adopt a positive posture, it affects your thoughts. Interesting take on that. Uh, and, and you're right. I've seen a lot of people slouchy, and they seem down. They don't seem up, upbeat, do they? Yes. I mean, nobody's ever walked into my study and said, I'm depressed, you know, in, an, in a sort of exclamation. Um, basically, people who are depressed tend to look down. They slouch. People that are confident or optimistic tend to have a, a, a different posture and look upwards. So as you change your posture, and by the way, this is from some research from Harvard. When you change your posture, you change your state of being and the way that people perceive you. Now, in addition to positivity in your book, we've talked about confidence. What do you mean by resilience? Well, a lot of people think resilience is bouncing back, and indeed it is. Or they think it's toughing it out, right. and indeed it is. Stamina. But resilience is also about adaptability. 
there's something from um, science called the law of requisite variety, which is that the part of a system that is the most flexible always ends up in charge of the system, be it a family, political party, corporation. So the person that's got more adaptability to their environment will be the person that ends up in control of that. So there are a number of techniques to help you think more creatively, more adaptively, because the world's going through a huge change right now. And this book is not just about surviving it, it's about thriving. How about motivation? Well, I've never met somebody who is a procrastinator that's lazy. People who procrastinate are usually scared of making the wrong decision. Right. So they make no decision, which is a decision. So what I do is I help people to evaluate their decisions and then generate stakes of powerful motivation because we've all felt motivated in our lives at some time, you know, motivated to meet a particular person, uh, motivated about a hobby or interest, etc. And we can take those feelings and attach them to going for our goals, but only after we've interrogated whether those goals are worth going for. Is a child developed by its parents in order to be confident and positive? Oh, yes. Uh, Plato said, give me the boy before he's seven, and I'll give you the man. Uh, the first seven years are very important. The incidence of, um, of emotional intensity, you know, things that are positive and negative, shape people. So one of the reasons the fear of public speaking is so big is that people get to stand up in front of the class, read out loud, uh, somebody points out the mistakes, and people laugh. Um, so confidence is usually built early on through either positive reinforcement, you're good, you can do it, or bouncing back from something that's challenging. Wow, you did so well in the face of adversity, that sort of stuff. Those experiences are very, very powerful. The things that are said at those times are literally like a hypnotic suggestion. Interesting how you say that, because at an age of five to seven, my parents had me in front of crowds of uh, five people to 50 people when I was a little kid, a little boy, telling stories and jokes and things like that. And it got to the point where I love being in theaters right now before a huge audience, Paul. Yes, exactly. So you had a positive experience. Other people, you know, might not have had that. Um, you know, it's... Um, it isn't just that good things happen. It's that it's the decision we make at the time when we're having a significant experience. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.